you're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. And tonight, we're talking about the newest horror sensation, Get Out. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Tonight, returning guest Wahid Alkalazmi. You can just go Wahid. Wahid, how do you? I, come on, say your last name. Alkalazmi, said it right. Okay, all yeah. Right. Hello, audience member. <laughs> <laughs> this is off to a swimming start. This is how we roll. All right, so we're here talking the newest horror film, Get Out, cleaning up at the box office here. What's it made so far? It was 132 last I checked. Holy wow, man! Out of uh, it's four up a hundred half million dollars budget. Yeah, up to 137 right now. That's impressive for a first-time director. Yeah, uh, who comes from comedy? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you know, comedy and horror have a lot in common as far as pacing and and beats and editing. But uh, dude, really, really impressed, man. So impressed. Saw this film twice in theaters. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought uh, I thought that what's his name, J- uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, I thought he did a uh, a fantastic job. First time out, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's written obviously a million other things, right? Uh, I mean, he's got like seven official writing credits on IMDb, but a lot of that is like episodic, and it's for the show that uh, he did on Comedy Central, and he did Mad TV for a while before that, and. Wrote a couple other things, and he he wrote Keanu, which I fucking love that film. I don't I even smoke weed, man, and I love the shit out of that film. That film is awesome, man. You should really watch it. It's uh, is it's it definitely sto- enjoyable. Is it a stoner comedy? Man, it's a stoner comedy with heart and funny <laughs> shit in there, man. I mean, with heart, with heart, man. Yeah, this is not like how high fucking stoner comedy. This is like. Some guy that went through some fucked up shit, and the only thing that means to him in life is his cat. And you know what, dude? If I saw that film at 21, I'd be like, yeah, maybe I was like looking at the technical parts of it. But dude, at 30, I'm like, he lost his best friend. Go find that fucking cat. <laughs> Go find Keanu. I don't know. I've always been kind of more of a, a dog person than a cat person. But you know, hey. You know, yeah, and I'm not a cat person. I hate cats. I love dogs. But yeah. <laughs> 
So, all right, yeah, I, I heard that was pretty good. And it, he's actually in that, right? Yeah, yeah, he stars in it. It's him, it's uh, Kay and Peele, and it's, it's he has a comedy, you know, writing partner and performing partner that he does a lot of stuff with. You know, they, some of their most famous stuff is like, you know, the uh, Barack Obama's angry translator uh, bit that they have. And, yeah, yeah, I, I have just, seen um, that. Dude, those guys are really fucking funny, man. They They know their shit, and they're just, they got like their thumb on the pulse of like what's really funny. So... Uh, Get Out was was mesmerizingly amazing for me. It's an interesting film. It's uh, a little bit of satire, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of horror, a lot of suspense. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't seen anything like this in a while. Like I mean, this is a, a this is this is really a case. And and you know, look, I don't want to be presumptuous here because n- neither of us fucking know him, right? We can't yeah. we can't say like, oh, we were there while he wrote it. But what I can say is this is this is a perfect case of someone that grew up with a certain set of movies that probably admired them and found the first opportunity to incorporate all of them in there. And and he did it, man. And he did it flawlessly. And it was really good. This is a very smart, well-done genre film. And for a comedy guy, you know, when I first saw the trailer, like the first leaked out trailer or whatever in November, I was like, oh, this is just going to be like another one of those, you know, maybe it's marketed this way, but it's really going to be funny the whole time. And maybe a couple slasher things. I, I thought it was going to be like a scary movie thing coming from a comedy guy oh okay really yeah all right right? i didn't know he was from that background when i saw the trailer yeah right i didn't have that impression i walked out excited i walked out going they should have charged me like ten dollars more for this film it was really really good it was nice to have a little bit of satire brought into the horror genre which i think has been lacking i mean i feel like it's been lacking really since the 70s you know, there was maybe a couple of horror films in the '80s, maybe a little in the '90s. I don't, I don't feel like satire it's, has been explored. It, well, and it's a hard mix to do, right? They're not, not all, not a lot of people can do like comedy and horror at the same time. Like getting that That's comedic true. pacing done, right? Because like this guy did it, in in a lot of we'll get to the spoilers later, but in a lot of parts in the film, I was telling you this after we saw it the other night. Uh, I was like, dude, this kind of like reminds me of of the opening five minutes of Die Hard. You know, like he set up the whole movie and what this character is in the first five minutes and and all the other characters. And I loved it. Like, you know, you don't see that shit nowadays. You know, nowadays, it's like, let's trick you. You know, the first five minutes, you see something and at the end. Ooh, it's something else. They either try to do the M. Night Shyamalan freaking route or they try to do like a like a new vision on a or a new take on an old existing franchise. And we're like, no, man, this was an original film. It was fun. It had a lot of good film techniques and, and cinema stuff. And dude, it just a fucking blast to watch, man. Yeah, I understand what you mean about that character stuff. I feel like a lot of movies now, like, they just sneak, like, a, a line for their character, like, in an exposition dump. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's all you guys need, right? Yeah, yeah. Just you know, one line. Or something like, you know, like, yeah, I'm a lawyer. It's okay. We can get this guy off. And I'm like, oh, well, it, it, thanks. I mean, you could have just shown me a shot of a plaque with the guy's name on it, and it says law firm. <laughs> like, you don't have to have the character <laughs> tell me what the fuck they do for a living. <laughs> well, I, that you know, that's one thing I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, see, seeing it that second time, man, you pick up on all the all – the, Oh my god, man! Double meanings and hidden meanings. Did, did, and I, you see, I didn't. Pick everything's up, layered. I didn't pick up on this till today, but you know the the spoon she uses for a scene we'll talk about once we get to spoilers. It's oh. a silver spoon. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I, 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 I picked I, up on that. I didn't pick up on it till like today. I was just thinking about. It. I was like, privilege. 
literally will give you a silver spoon. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, hey, you know, white privilege, born with a silver spoon uh, no, in your no, mouth. No, no, privilege Little... is privilege. Just because you live in the United States, it's called white privilege here. I lived yeah. other countries where, where, where people were really filthy rich, and, and they don't have to be necessarily white. That's true, but I think this movie, it's particularly it about white privilege. It is, yeah. it is. But then let's go ahead and cast a an African Englander, I guess you would call it. No, I mean, they don't do that there. They just say, you know, it's a black guy from England. You know, let's just go cast a black guy from England to play an African-American. Yeah, I heard uh, Samuel L. Jackson had some very disparaging remarks about that. I know, right? And then Daniel's like, dude, I'm not, I guess I'm too black for England and not black enough for America. And I'm like, yeah, I feel for the guy. He's an actor, you know? And it's just, yeah. and then uh, one thing that people here keep forgetting, I mean, you know, we're right now in this world where they we're trying to cut the arts from our government budget when we don't oh, yeah, do that's... we don't nearly have as much mm. funding as other countries do but in England most of these guys like the government will pay for them to study acting for years and years and that's why we have a wave of all these like british actors coming to america right now do they invest in the infrastructure there they support the people there like you know when yeah. I, when i go to ireland and or like into to Italy or whatever, and you know I'm in a cafe and having a smoke and a little you know coffee or whatever. Someone goes, "Yeah, what do you do for a living?" I tell them like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a director," and they're like, "Holy, this is awesome!" And you know they want like they they have like respect for you automatically. And then you tell them that here, they're like, "Yeah, that that's cool, man. You want to come paint my house? That's great. Uh, get a real job. Get a bum. real job. Yeah, you want to come paint my house? I can I can pay you twenty bucks." Uh, yeah, no, I, I heard that fair share of uh, that growing up. Yeah. Still, still, still to this do. Day. <laughs> <laughs> still do. Uh, but now we have Thanks. mics and we can talk about it in our safe space. That's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did. I did want to discuss um, the the way the movie handles racism is so well done, mm-hmm. and just how it's able to create that dialogue through. Comedy and awkward, awkward moments, man. Some of the scenes in this movie are just horrific, and there's nothing happening but a white guy and a black guy talking together. It's fucking cringeworthy, some of it. Uh, But I'm an immigrant, so I I didn't grow up here. I didn't actually notice any of this stuff um, growing up because we didn't have it over there. We we have a different kind of assholes over there. It's not about (laughs) race. It's about how much money you have. Uh, so, you know, uh, I am you discriminate a, differently. Uh, yes. I, I, I am a full U.S. citizen. I, I will give that disclaimer out. You, my girlfriend and a couple other my friends did say that they said, you know, the way it handled the race issue in here and, and, you know, because there were some awkward scenes, but it was so well done. And you see, you got to look at it on my end. I'm still an observer, even though I've lived in Memphis for 16 years, I'm still an observer. Like I don't actually, I can't relate to what African-Americans went through here or what white people go through, try to like, you know, I, I don't know what it is nowadays, but I can't see it from like a white person's perspective going, oh, this is kind of awkward or from a black person's respect perspective going, well, this is talking about race. I just watched it as a film and I fucking loved it. When you first read certain scenes, the first viewing, mm-hmm. you can look at things and be like, oh, this is super racist. Yeah. And then when you get to them the second time, it's like, oh, that's not super racist. These guys are just crazy, and they want this other thing for different reasons, and it's really rewatchable. It is, and dude, I like that. It is, man. And the second watching, too, it held up because there's so many little Easter eggs that he put in there. Even at the very beginning when the, the dad was walking through the house, you know, 
pointing out some stuff about the pictures and all that stuff. I don't want to get into spoilers, you know, but he's like, you know, that's my dad, and he was with Jesse Owens, and, well, obviously he lost. And a lot of you just, like, you know, like, nonchalantly, like, you know, obviously he was not black, so of course he couldn't be fast enough kind of thing, you know, but, you know, they really stuck it to Hitler, you know, black man winning, you know, being the superior race. I didn't connect this the first time I watched it, maybe because I'm not smart enough, but the second time I watched it, when he talked about that picture, I'm like, holy shit, they gave us, like, foreshadowing there, they, like, you know, dude, it, it just, this guy is really, he's, he's a, he's a master storyteller, I'm not gonna say a master of a, of a horror genre, but storytelling, he's really, really calculated at what he puts in front of you. Didn't only take shots in, and have conversations about uh, black and white, but also, like, even the woman in the film, like, mm-hmm. how that's played up in the beginning, and how women are treated, and the main actress is she's extremely capable in mm-hmm. every scene. Yeah. Al- almost more than the men in the film. Mm-hmm. And I like what they do with that later at the end and how we're constantly subverting those expectations of what you think is going to happen based off of, you know, society and Yeah, and then and, 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 and then but but then you know we're talking about also like uh the genres and stuff like that. I I loved how he brought in this one part from the comedy genre. You know like um a girl's road trip, there's always a girl that calls back home, you know, and they're like, your best <laughs> yes. friend is there, like, hey, girl, what you doing? I don't know if I should wear this dress. Oh, you should totally wear it. And, like, he turned that into, like, you know, the guy, like, the main character's best friend, you know, is, like, a TSA agent. <laughs> and, like, they have, but it, like, gave best him character. purpose. He has to watch watch out for the dog, right? No, no, I, I'm here to take care of the dog and all this shit, but, you know, I have to check in with you. So it gives him a purpose to check in with, with his best friend. But I love that part of it because that was totally like a comedy like structure that they bring in you know it's, oh yeah, yeah his friend it, is great man dude i know man the, our uh, audience surrogate it gave us the space that we needed away from the characters when we needed it you know also like the political touches in the film where you think they're just gonna it's gonna attack the republican way and the republican uh, yeah, views yeah 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 but they kind of went after liberals no, in this did. movie i know and i loved it cuz the guy the guy is like i would have voted for obama third time if i could <laughs> they're under a gazebo together he just done got done walking through this massive house showing him all his wealth <laughs> and then you see the two black people that are at the house that are the help <laughs> takes him under the gazebo and goes <laughs> yep. I, I, I would have voted for Barack Obama a third time if I could have. And I'm just like, what a subtle racist motherfucker, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that, I mean that, is, that is the thing, though. Like, you, sometimes you forget. Like, you can be incredibly accidentally racist to people, yeah, you know? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. It's one of those fears. You're, you're, like, try, you're trying to belong too much. Yeah. Know? It's yeah. like, man, I don't like, want to do anything to make you feel awkward, but yeah, my maybe man. I'm feeling awkward, too. Yeah, my man. My man. My man. <laughs> no, it's just like, what? Well, dude, why don't you go ahead and call him brother? Yeah, yeah. I know you want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, dude, you know, so before I saw it, all the fucking people on Twitter went fucking berserk going, this is anti-white. This is racist against white people. And I'm just like. What? Really? Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, man. There was a big backlash about it. Oh, I think they're kind of missing the point of the film then. I know, right? But, you know, again, I, I follow some unsavory characters just to see what the other side is always thinking, you know? I get, well, look, by, by U.S. standards, I'm not considered white. By genetically, I'm considered white. I didn't see it as offensive to white people. I just, I thought it was hilarious, man. I, it was a fucking film about, you know, yes, there's some racial tension there, but those guys were going to do some evil to this guy, and he self-survived. It, to me, it's a survival story. That's got horror thriller and some little light racism. That's funny. 
I, you know, I think it's it's just like the movie, like what you think you're gonna get and what you really get. Um, Two different things. Yeah, and you see them in in different perspectives. Like the guy coming there, he's a black man coming into the white family. You can see all of this is incredibly racist, or you can see it as the horrific thing that they're about to do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, I like that. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, it's masterful. Uh, again, like, dude. The, Jordan is a really good director and writer, man, and um, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that he did this for four and a half million dollars, and it's become a big success, and here's why, because we've been slowly going away from that that mid-range where directors can be a first-time director with some money behind it, but not a lot of money, to where it would would not destroy their career, so maybe now... We can see more of these four and a half million dollar films. Like you know, what, what's uh, this is Bloomhouse Productions, right? So yeah. they specialize in that, right? They specialize in you know really good marketing. They're kind of like a twenty four, smaller budgets. Let the directors do what they want to do. Put the right marketing behind it. Have a good first look feel for distribution. And I'm glad that they did that because it shows the potential of what a first time director like that can do with four and a half million dollars. And you don't need to give someone $50 million to make a horror film because it's a fucking horror film. Well, I, th- I think horror has always been good to first-time directors and even established directors mm-hmm. that need to get that juice back or get that comeback. You can, you know? you can, yeah, you can experiment with your creativity a lot with horror films. I mean, yeah, man, dude, horror films get a lot of fucking bad rep, but some of the best shot, best edited, and best scored and camera work films... Kind of really, if we uh, if we, if we if we are sitting in a corporate boardroom and we're talking about like innovations and and ROIs and projectories and statics, uh, sorry, and and data analysis and all that stuff, and, and we're talking about movies, you know, really, you can just apply all of that to horror films because horror films have some of the best ROI on any investment made into them. They have some of the best innovation as far as talking about technical innovations into filmmaking, um, stylistic innovations, lighting editing and they just get a shit ton of bad rep man for no reason they i just it's i think it's all the bible thumpers you know that just because you have yeah i can see that you know because of the gore and the blood and you know oh, it's anti-christian or anti-muslim or anti-whatever religion the person is and you know uh, people bringing their baggage into the movie yeah and man no yeah. this, this film this film is a good exercise into all of that stuff hopefully we can start seeing 20 million dollar films done and 10 million dollars films done because you can't take a director that just did this for four and a half million dollars and throw him into hundred twenty million dollar, you know, seventh installment of some shitty sci fi fucking franchise, but it makes money because China loves it, you know? I mean this this definitely gives me hope for the uh the Halloween remake they're doing. Yeah, that that's through Bloomhouse as well, right? Yeah, it's through Bloomhouse. And Danny McBride is writing that Danny one. McBride and uh, I think David Gordon Green, the guy who did Pineapple Express. Yeah. And- and you see again, George you know, Washington four and a half, five million dollar, maybe ten million dollar for that one because Danny McBride's got a name now, you know. But uh, yeah, but still, like you know, it's 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 really awesome that they're doing that. And you know, the freaking guy is smart as hell too, man. The guy that runs that company. Oh yeah, Jason Bloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna play the trailer for Get Out. We're gonna be back for a spoiled filled discussion. Stay tuned. You got your toothbrush? Check. You have your deodorant? Check. You have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna, you know? Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bruh. Meeting family Taking road trips, don't come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. smoke in front of my daughter. I'm gonna quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually. You ready for this? I'm back in the So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how are you not scared of this, man? Couldn't see another brother around here. Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Get Out. Let's talk about this opening scene, man. This whole opening set piece starts off, black guy, walking on the street. Right off the bat, car pulls up. You know something weird's going on. Gets kidnapped. The way the camera is... Is float. It kind of reminded me of It Follows, the way the camera's floating around. Yeah, it's almost one shot until like uh, he crosses the street to see the car behind him, yeah. Yeah, and it cuts away. Man, dude, I loved how this was set up in the very beginning. You know, it's that typical... 1980s horror film, man. Yeah. Was... You, gotta, you gotta do the first scene where, like, you know, and you're like, oh, shit, the black guy got killed in the first movie, too, man, the first part of the film. You know, I was listening to an NPR, I think it was... Uh... Oh, man, is it Code Switch? I think it was Code Switch. And they had, um, I forget the historian, but it was a film historian, and they were talking about horror movies and how uh, the black guy always dies first. That person did their research wrong, man. I I was thinking about it. The only movie I can think of where a black person dies first, the first on-screen death, Uh is Scream. No, no, but the, the the black guy or black girl are usually Sorry. like second or third one to die. Yeah, yeah, is. yeah. But they don't make it till the end. I mean, there was like very few. You know, uh, I agree with that. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but no, that's that's the thing too. I mean, I think it was like a little jab at the at the genre too. He's like starting out with the black guy. Okay, this is awesome, and then like three minutes in, gets kidnapped. You're like, what did yes. he fucking get killed? What just happened? You know? Yeah, I th- I thought they totally they missed that entire uh, that entire mark. He's putting right up in front the black man in suburbia mm-hmm. is being terrorized. I know, and he's talking to himself though, but he's like, man, nah, not not today, not to me, man. Fuck this shit. Like he yeah. he, he knows where he. Is. You know, it's uncomfortable. He's narrating it the entire time. <laughs> and, and you know, the, the, to his credit, man, that actor, uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, man, that guy is awesome. He's, he's a, re- I mean, he's, he's on that TV show Atlanta right now. But no, I mean, you know, like he was a good get for this, you know, and he was also in the Bloomhouse uh, Productions family. You know, he, uh, he was in The Purge, the second one. Uh, he, he played the, the main villain. So, it's it, it was it was a good get for for this film for them to have this guy and he's a really talented actor. I actually met him here in Memphis. So oh really? Got, yeah yeah. I got a little uh l- little in person connection. Yeah man. Uh, oh that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah did, did, did couple couple of beers down with him and all that stuff. I think I even took his phone number down. I think my dumbass couple of. <laughs> Months ago, or maybe a year ago, I'm like going through my phone. I'm like, "Who the fuck is this Lakeith guy?" Delete. <laughs> oh no, you yeah, deleted dude. Him? I think so, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey kids, uh, if you ever meet someone at a festival, make sure you take their first and last name and put what film they were in, 
and then don't delete them from your phone. <laughs> don't ever fucking delete them from your phone because you never know what's going to happen in life. So I, I think I was like, actually, at the time, I, no, yes, and it was winter. So I was not drinking beer because beer is only summertime drinks for me. I was drinking straight up whiskey neat. So like six in, you're like, yeah, your name is Lakeith. That's awesome. And you're like doing some shots with him and all that stuff. Like, cool, dude. I remember that. I have a picture with him somewhere actually, too. <laughs> But like, well, he's like, yeah, cool guy, great guy. Not my phone, but yeah, yeah not anymore. <laughs> Fuck me, man. Really good actor yes. narrating the freaking what's about to happen to him, basically. And he's Which on is the a phone. really good choice. Yes, very and, honest. And I'm not sure if that was like written in the script or or or, or if like Heath just said, man, let me run with it because it's just fucking weird me walking around by myself, you know, in the middle of the neighborhood, and you're like, what's going on, you know? I like the narration part better than if he was just silent the entire time and the car pulls up. And then he gets kidnapped. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. The, I do like the music. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's got a little shining thing to it too. You know, it's kind of like driving. The, it's the got, sh- oh, oh, yeah, the little. Oh, you talking yeah, about the yeah, shot? Yeah, yes. the shots. You know, like it's 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 driving. They're going from him putting him yeah. in the trunk to that shot outside. Yeah, yeah. The window, and you just see the trees yeah, going by. Yeah, and it says just get out, and that that song, that Swahili song, comes up, and and I oh, looked it up. So yeah. Weird. It's got a creepy haunting one, and and it's not like the shitty voodoo shit that you like. Skeleton Key, for example, that that film that takes place down in New Orleans. Oh all yeah, about with voodoo. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. What's her name? Goldilocks, daughter. freaking daughter. Yeah, yeah. Goldie Hawn. Or yes, <laughs> Goldilocks. <laughs> I don't know, it's got some blonde hair, Goldilocks, she's eating porridge, yeah. three bears come in, they she's eat her. She's really hot, and her daughter's really hot. Uh, but anyways, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so, so you know, it, it, that film, they just fucking played, like, really, like, stereotypical voodoo music, you know, and yeah. the fucking, you can hear a chicken that. head cut off first, and then you're like, and like, you know, the fucking voodoo music starts, and this is not, this is like arranged well well put together like african song it's got some good swahili sayings in it i looked it up earlier and it basically kind of says you know almost get out oh really in yeah the, yeah yeah the, uh, and the actual lyrics yeah well the, like a meaning like a rough translation oh, uh gotcha, yeah gotcha. like one of the rough translations is listen to your ancestors and the other one is something bad is coming run yeah oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but it's it's cool. It was it was a good song, you know. Props to the guys that put it together, you know. I do like the uh the violins and Southern Gothic is how I, I would describe it. It did, but uh, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't know why it reminded me a lot of like 70s Japanese horror films. Like I felt like that would be a Kurosawa cue. It reminded me of like a score between The Witch and Beetlejuice. You know what I mean? With the, the violin hits mm-hmm. and how sharp they are. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what a good <laughs> film is. You get people like remembering shit. Yeah, you get you steal you, from the best. Exactly. Well, it's not stealing necessarily. You know, it's well, it's it's you know, borrowing you borrow. and making it your own. No, I mean, dude, we all borrow. That's the thing. Like, well, yeah. No, we we talked about that before. Where it's like, yeah. are you stealing it on purpose, or is it something that you love so much it's ingrained? In your brain, and you don't even realize. Well, like, but look, dude, that at this point, films, you? Th- films have been around for you know a good hundred and twenty-five years right now. So, it's, at yeah. some point, it's no longer borrowing or stealing. It just it's a, it's the structure of that genre. Yeah, you get to a point a little bit though where it goes yeah. beyond that. But yeah, for well, the yeah, most we're, part, we're I not agree talking about Tarantino here. We're talking about you know. <laughs> 
we're talking about oh, a freshman effort from a comedian who did his first film as a freaking horror thriller, and it's fucking badass. And 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 let's let's get into okay. So the guy shaves. Right, and then we cut, and we cut to his white girlfriend, and they're in this happy little, like, you know, we're hipster people in this really cool apartment. It's one flat, you know, there's no walls. It's an open... Oh, open yeah, floor plan? Yeah, we're in an open floor plan, right? <laughs> got the exposed bricks. Got the pictures that this guy took. So so we figure out the he's guy's a photographer, eye, right? Yeah, he's got a good eye. He's got a really good eye. Those are really good photos. Actually, when I saw that, I was like, oh, well, that, that, okay, so that's a photographer with a good eye, which you know, comes to play later on. That's true. We cut, and there's the you know there's a white girlfriend. She's in a coffee shop getting some pastry or whatever it is. Uh, she comes in. She's fully handed. Yeah, I dude, I did not like this montage here. Why? Uh, this is the this only is- part of the movie I the pacing here is wrong. No, no, man. I think he did that on purpose. This is like a let's make fun of nine hundred one two and oh, like you know, white kids with a lot of money, funny shit. You know, like it's you know, it's like it's too much back to back because like in the first scene when the black guy is um, shaving. No, no, no. The very first one when the, the black guy gets kidnapped on, oh, on the like suburban he, street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing. By the way, this is one of those films that there are many black people, so you uh, have to give me the, the fucking the, person's <laughs> name so I can know who the fuck you're talking about. You God damn it, I'm being subtly racist. <laughs> fuck. You are. I'm talking about Are out. you going to vote Shit. for Obama again? <laughs> I would vote for Obama a third, third time. time. <laughs> so, Lakeith, at the very beginning. All right, my yes. man, like I was saying. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, you're going to get so much hate mail from this fucking episode. <laughs> The guy in the beginning of the movie that gets kidnapped. Yeah. There's an older piece of music that's playing over that. And then we talked about mm-hmm. the uh, Swahili music with uh, the car window shot. Yeah. And then right after that, we get another piece of music. Donald Glover, the actor? Yeah. He actually sings this uh, song, and it's another montage. Yeah. What you were talking about, it's just it's three back-to-back montages, man. And it's, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's too Dude, much wall to wall music. I, I don't know. To me, that's like Freddy Krueger kind of freaking thing. You know, you gotta like you have three Freddy openings. Krueger. What do you? What? Yeah, it's it's like to me, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street, all that but, shit. But you know, Nightmare like, on Elm yeah. Street. Like, I mean, okay, granted, like the sequel, like some of the later sequels. And yeah, everything, no, but, but that, that's three... what I'm saying. Is the campiness? I I, it, I think it's purposeful. That's what I'm trying to say. You may not like it, and it's okay. You don't have to like everything as an audience goer. I just think it's... Well, no, I don't... Yeah, yeah. I think it's purposeful. I don't think it's, it was not paced correctly. I think that it was intentional. You uh, think it was... In, uh, I, don't I think know. it was intentional. I just think they were making fun of the fucking genre. <laughs> and like, look, guys, we're setting it up. I it's see a photographer that. with his girlfriend. They have a perfect life. She's getting some awesome fresh pastries because they live in France or something. I don't fucking know. No, they're in New York, I guess. And Where they, are they? I don't know. They, they never specify, but I'm they sure don't. we can look it up you know um well we can look up where it was actually shot i don't know where it was supposed to actually take place yeah it doesn't matter to me they live in a in an area the two kids which is you know the the african the african-american guy and his white girlfriend live in the city her parents live out in the country you know for whatever reason i wanted to think it was like in louisiana so okay so so we get uh she comes back home she's got the pastries she you know she does the cute little like head knock on the door you know it's really cute they open up the door they give a kiss and he's like, but did you tell them? She's like, tell them what? That I'm black? And I was just like, okay, well, this is this is like, you know, that, that stupid film that uh, Ashton Kutcher did with... Uh, oh, the, yeah, the quasi-remake like, of yeah, the Guess like, Who's Coming guess to who's Dinner? Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, you know? Yeah. And he's like, you know, did you tell them I'm white? I thought that that's where they were going with the first viewing, you know? And I'm so happy that, that, that Jordan Peele just like... 
fucking proved me wrong on everything, man. Surprised me in everything. Why would you not tell your parents that you are dating somebody from a from a different race, though? Like you would think that would come up well, at some point. I, I think she is what what uh, she's trying know, to be some, too cool. No, no, yeah, I think that's what some people would call a snowflake. <laughs> you know, I I think her character arc is one of those safe space snowflake. That's what at least on the surface. Oh, I don't see color. You know, but. <laughs> Really, they do. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't see color. Hey, I'm bringing a black man home. Yeah, I did like that line though. Yeah. she's like, "Yes, uh, I'm bringing home a, a black, black man. man." Yeah, I know that was so funny the way she did it. And it just, she was so cute about it. Well, and his, then immediately put his reaction at, to it though it put is him at ease. Soul. I know, I know, and it, and like you can say like. Holy shit! Those two like have really good chemistry. I felt like they were really in a good relationship. Man, that's why the end is so goddamn fucking, fucking awesome, wrenching, man. Yeah. Oh. All right. So, th- so, so they take the car. We don't know anything about this guy. Well, he <laughs> takes out a cigarette and she throws it out. He goes, "That's a buck." And you know what? I smoke, and that pisses me off, man. When when, when my ex girlfriends would like take my cigarettes and throw it, out. I'm like, "Yo, are you gonna pay for that?" Literally throwing money out the window. Hey, ladies or partners, don't throw their fucking cigarettes out. It's only going to make them want to try to sneak out and smoke a cigarette, which is not good, especially if you're in a horror film, because then you put them by themselves out in the elements. Anyways, they're driving. <laughs> and Life lessons from Wahid. Yes. And a fucking deer jumps in front of him, hits the passenger side, car stops, he gets out. He goes to inspect to see if the deer is okay or not. And you see, I didn't make a connection to it till the second viewing. Well, Why yeah, the first keep... viewing, you, you don't get it at yeah, all. Yeah, but, but, but you know, he went to go check on it because he later on reveals that his dad is no longer in the picture and his mom died from a hit and run. So he has to, like, go and, and make sure that this thing is either, like, if it's alive to, like, help it, or if it's dead, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, he didn't So there's, help. there's like, int- yeah. There's- but he didn't help his mom in that hit and run. That's exactly. the whole thing. Exactly. Like, and, and you like don't find that until later. Yeah, like, th- there's a thing where I think he, he knew and he could have gone and helped her, and yeah. he just sat there Yeah, he could have, like, called the police or something. But, you yeah. know, he was also, like, 12 at the time. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. That's your mom, though, dude. Yeah, you know, I, it's I, like, I, know, I get that, I, but, you know. That fucking I guilt. Mean, ugh. He goes to inspect it because of the fear about, you know, his trials and tribulations with the yeah. past experience when he was a young kid. Starts setting up his character. Well, yeah. it's the whole theme for the, the film, what his character is yeah. going to go through, and especially at the end of the movie when that comes back. Yeah. Then Cop shows up. That is really, really, really awkward. And I loved it. But it was so good. It doesn't start off confrontational at all. No. I mean, the guy is just doing a routine. Okay. But the well. minute you see that cop in the frame. Yeah. And like, because I think it even well, starts with a dolly shot in on him, like after he gets back from seeing the deer. Yeah. And it's this dolly shot. You just see the cop yeah, in he, the background. Yeah, yeah. He he's in front of the car, and the cop is in the background talking to the girlfriend. And yes, it's a it's a nice little dolly shot. It sets up this you know the tableau of the scene. Well, because lately you know fucking cops well, yeah, are you, just like shooting black people <laughs> left and right, and you know you think immediately like oh they're gonna make a Black Lives Matter, Matter statement, statement right here. I know that's what I thought. I had a I had a eye rolling moment because I was like this is so good so far. Let's not take it down that road. Let's not I, go to the pretentious. Yeah, well, well, easy yeah. bullshit. Yeah, target. exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I and I don't know how to how you would climb out of that. I'm glad they didn't take it that way. They still talked about the Black Lives Matter in a way or another. But oh no, in a they totally. Form, yeah, you know? and then he goes, "Let me see your ID." <laughs> 
You know what was great about Let Me See Your ID? I did not get it until the second viewing. She's stopping him from the cop seeing who she's taken to her family's house. I know, but she pulls out the race card. Yep. Which which made the scene awesome. All right, so if you're listening, you fucking look, bitch. Because the girlfriend's in on it. Yes, you fucking bitch. I know. I know. So look, listen. You hate her so much. Major spoiler: the whole film is about this. This family. Has a really hot daughter that has a gorgeous piece of ass. She goes and she starts dating black guys, brings them back to meet the family. Yeah. The dad is a neurosurgeon. The mom is a is a hypnosis specialist. And what they do is they sell the black person to a rich white family that's has an elderly that's dying, and they transplant their brain into this healthy genetically well-adjusted black man or black woman's body. That's right, because black is in right now, man. Yeah. Black yeah, people are and, cool. And, and, and there's a fucking line in the movie about that, too. We'll That's get to that later. They they're, 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 yeah. yeah, black people are cool, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? I know, it's just creepy as fuck. But anyways, long story short, now, now they understand what the premise of this film is about. When the cop comes in and goes, okay, you know, he's done talking to her. He's like, well, sir, were you in the car? I need to see your ID, too. And she's like... Then she pulls up like, why? Why do you need to see this? Is it because he's black? He wasn't driving. And 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 the boyfriend's like, no, I don't give a shit. Like, here's my card. Like, I've been through this yep. before, girl. Let me handle it kind of thing. You know, and she's like, no, she's really fierce about it. Well, I mean, it's it's like even they, they say in the movie where he's like, uh, you know, hey, that's that's sexy. You, you're looking out for me like that. And yeah. the first time you watch it, you're like, yeah, that's exactly what that is. And I then. Know. Oh my god. And you're god, like, nope, what? dude, you're just wishing for your demise god. right there. Her character is such a fucking bitch. But man. she oh. plays it so well. She's probably the standout in the movie for me. She's good in the beginning, and then she kind of, she kind of falls off. But when she comes back, and you find out that she's in with this whole mm-hmm. family of crazy Stepford Wide people. And, and I liked how they did. She's listening to her headphones. Yeah. My god, it's like psychopath. And she's like looking up like. Uh, the next, NCAA, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, She's like, like Let me most find prominent, the, yeah, <laughs> the most prominent prospect of the NCAA. Like they have this huge family gathering, and they actually try to like auction off. Like, the people that she's bringing no, there. No, no, like, yeah, it's, it's modern-day slavery. They want your body, but yeah. they want to put their brains in there. And it's literally, the, the, they're, like, auctioning them off at, under a gazebo in the middle of the fucking daylight. I mean, it's a silent auction, too, which is even creepier, you know? With their bingo cards, because they're old white people. Oh, it's man. No, no, that, that was That was great. hilarious fucking awesome. That was awesome. so great. All right, so so we get to the house, and we meet the mom and the dad, all right? And and the family's last name is, like, this really pretentious, like, aristocrat, you know, like, Armitage or Armitage. What is uh, being John Malkovich's uh, actress name? Uh, Catherine? Uh, Kenner? Keener? Yeah, Catherine Keener. Keener. I think think it's Keener. Yeah. Maybe it's Keener. I don't know. I don't know, man. She's a hot milf, man. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to disagree with that, but, uh, I, I hate to skip ahead, but when she is hypnotizing, taking, taking dude to the sunken place yeah, for the first time, yeah, that is the, for me, that's the highlight of that film. It is. It is. It speaks to so many things on so many different levels, man. I don't even know where to get, to begin. Like the sunken place is a, an example of like mental slavery, you know, and, and just the pacing of it and the the freaking the way they shot it and the way they edited it and the music cue with that screeching violin, you know, and it's done in a series of, of close ups and medium close ups mm-hmm. back and forth. 
none of his shots are incredible really like catchy or, or eye grabbing or incredible i mean it's literally just close-ups of actors sitting across from each other and the tension i i just can't believe this guy i mean i and i know comedy is very related to horror and if you can pull off comedy you can pull off hard just because of the the timing you know mm-hmm. the pacing yeah and the timing yeah, yeah you got to be good to get that laugh you also need to be good to get the scare the way these two actors are able to play off of each other and the way they cut through to that spoon constantly mm-hmm. stirring and the way you hear that sound well, no, I, I love it too because he brought up yeah man. it is it is but um, i love it too editing. like we're talking about dialogue like masterful written dialogue he's sitting there he smokes the dad and the mom said, you know, we, you really should quit. And then the dad goes, you know, my, my wife can help you with that. She can hypnotize you and you'll get rid of it. I mean, the sight of syrup will make you sick. Right? Well, yeah. <clears throat> and they do cure him. Yeah. Of they, smoking. <laughs> they, they, they do. They do cure him smoking. Well, I, I do like she brings up like right away, like, you know, she's like, oh, you're sp- you're not, you don't smoke in front of my daughter. I know. Man, that's my kid. And, she, like, the the guilt there. But the way she does so, it, too, man, right? She's like, but, man, that's my kid. I don't know. It's it's kind of ominous, but at the same time, like, it's such a parental I'm caring for my yeah. young thing. Yeah. Like, you kind of latch onto her and almost kind of like her for a little bit. Yeah, you start, well, you, you start developing the and characters. You yeah. understand why he, he is opening up mm-hmm. to this woman. It's not just... It's not just this mom is cornering in this in this room. Yeah, she does in a way. Any, well, yeah, she but, does, yeah. but she's also kind of inviting and and this is like her little therapy place. And 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 she's like, you want you want to have a session? He's like, no, nah, I'm good. She's like, just sit down, have a seat. And he sits down. He's like, so uh, how does this go? You're gonna take out a pocket watch or something? And this is where the this is where it's so awesome because like no, the way she was gonna hypnotize him, she already had it in her hand the whole time. She had a fucking cup of tea with a silver spoon in it for privilege, quote unquote. And she's like, <laughs> uh, that, no, I think, I think spinning that spinning it, man. And like that sound effect that they did and the way they mixed all that was awesome. She was like, yeah, Shh. yeah, no, it, it, it really Shh. builds until you get that when she taps the spoon against the, the, tea yeah, cup. yeah, yeah. And it, it, when she goes tame. like, you know, when she's like sink, you know, and he's like, the sink didn't um it it wasn't like a not ex- right away yeah it wasn't an exact like a replica of the the train spotting shot mm-hmm. but it does remind me of the train spotting shot it does shot. It, it reminded me a lot the of way that way it booms too, yeah. down yeah. and yeah yeah. It, yeah and it cuts from that into the bed and then into the black you know what's what's the place called again the, the sunken place the sunken place you know yeah he he doesn't think he's letting off too much you know he's he's playing that I'm a man this is not a black or white thing he's doing the I'm a guy Guys don't have feelings. We don't talk about our fucking feelings. I'm a strong person. I've pulled myself through a lot of adversity kind of thing. And he's like not giving her enough information. But man, the way she goes back and forth and in the dialogue, you're like, okay, well, I guess it's going gonna, it's gonna to like be three more lines before we get to what's going on with him. But no, she immediately, because she's like hypnotizing him. He goes, yeah, you know, my dad was never really in the picture. My mom died while I was watching TV. She's like, do you hear the rain? It was raining. And then you start hearing that sound effect yeah. of the rain come in in the theater. Dude, and then yeah, and then you good. finally cut to him in the bed as a little kid, and it's from behind him. He's watching TV. You cut back to him in real life in that room. He's, like, crying. And that's when she taps the spoon. She's like, sink. And he's like, no. And then she goes, sink. And boom. 
so fucking good. Like they even add like uh, and another extra tension element. They even add in the scenes when he's he's like, grabbing the yeah. uh, the seat. Yeah, yeah. The, the, and he starts scratching yeah. up the leather on the uh, the seat. And man, it's the armrest of the seat. Man, it's so good. It really is. It that's I think that's the highlight of the movie for me. It is. I love it is. That it sequence. is. Fucking love that scene. And then so so he's in the sunken place. It's all dark. It's all that stuff. And then it just cuts, and he wakes up. Was it a dream? Was Did it, it really dream? happen? Was it not a dream? Yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. But but here's what I love about it too, because Jordan Peele like knows the audience at least. Like he goes, people are gonna be like, was this a dream or not? And so the character immediately, as soon as you as the audience member go, was this a dream or not a dream? He goes like, hey, I think your mom hypnotized me last night. You know. <laughs> And like that was really cool, man. I thought that was awesome, right? His TSA agent buddy starts coming back into the picture. Oh at that fuck point. yeah! Oh my god, these are like some of my favorite scenes. So yeah, like yeah, he calls up to check up on his dog, and the TSA guy is like, <laughs> "Hey man, I told you not to go to the fucking white girl's house," you know. And like, I guess that's where some white people thought that like it's anti-white, but it's not, man. It's just funny. I mean, it's, why why would you think it was anti-white? Do, then? Don't fucking ask me. I'm not white. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, touche. Yeah. I I mean, I I guess if you were going to say anything was like, uh, it makes white people look really, really just terrible is is that they throw that huge dinner party where they want all the... Uh, yeah, yeah, they they did. They did. I don't know potential buyers or the auctioners yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to come yeah, and the, yeah. place their bids on this yeah. guy. What was what they say? It was like some kind of family reunion. Yeah, yeah. Or? Basically, the family. Yeah, like the the mom and dad were like, you know, oh yeah, hey honey, I'm glad you guys are here for the weekend. Tomorrow's the big shindig, and she's like, no, it's this weekend. Oh my god, no way. That and was great. Like, how she plays it yeah, off, like she doesn't know about it. And I love it where they go and, and she's bitch. and they were like, yeah, I know, right? And they were like. No, no, it's it's this date every year. It's something that their grandparents did every time and, like, brought in all these other wealthy, like, you know, old people together. And they just had a shindig in the backyard. The, the second viewing, I just... I was cracking up more the second time yeah. during the party sequence than There's I was the first. so much funny shit in there. The first time, it's just like, it's kind of funny, but it's just so awkward. And you're just like, man, are you people fucking for real? Yeah. Do you guys not like I don't know have access to the fucking internet? Do you, 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 you guys know what never met a, you guys never met world? a black guy in real life. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they're they're sitting there. They're like, black is cool now, right? Like, what good luck you guys have? <laughs> I really, all these people are doing is just they're just they're inspecting the meat before they buy. It. I, oh man, That's yeah, what it doing. is, it is, and it's so awkward because like these these like horny white ladies are coming up to them and they're like. <laughs> Uh, let me check you out. And, and, is the sex better? Yeah, I know. And like at first, I'm like going. <laughs> that cracked me up, dude. That that was so weird, man. The old lady coming up and touching him, like, like touching the bicep. Yeah, man. like straight up, like oh, I need to touch your chest. Oh, yeah. Oh, he does work out. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, what? like, I I thought they were being kind at the beginning of the party. Like, oh look, hey guys, it's our girl's boyfriend, Chris. Chris, come meet everyone, you know? Yeah, right, because it starts off with that dude with the Tiger Woods, and it's just like, uh, yeah. that's just kind of awkward. I guess you're trying to relate to him because that's the only black person that you know in your life that yeah. you like that's yeah. famous. Yeah, it's so weird. And then, and then... Like the Obama and, third and time then, thing? And then Lakeith all of a sudden shows up, and he's wearing, like... I swear to God, you oh, know what yeah. would have made it better if he was wearing a full-on seersucker suit because they tried to make this guy look the whitest old southern man they can. Dude, that hat is perfect. 
Dude, I know. It is fucking awesome. So he's sitting there in this brown suit, like really tight pants, you know, like very tailored suit to that to him. So, you know, he's been adjusted to that life for a while. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? They shaved his little beard. He's no longer wearing his like, you know, fucking hipster clothes. So you start you start as an audience member at that point going like something's going on. I wonder where it is. And this is what's great about this film. It doesn't give you shit right away. It just it's anticipation. I did not know that was the guy from the beginning of the movie till like <laughs> two minutes into the scene. You are racist. It, it, <laughs> You're like, it's just another black guy that's well, at the party. I, I mean, I, I hate to say that, but yeah, I mean, I dude, I did not know that. The hat and his mannerisms and everything. No, when I know. he turns around, it catches you off. It takes you a second to be, oh my God, what, that's dude, the that same the dude that got kidnapped yeah. in the beginning. Yep. It was a he, totally different trans. It, he's it, playing it, a different character. It, at that yes, moment. he and he was, and that's what it, that's truly what it is in that world they live in, in that universe. The only thing that's real about him is the vessel, which is the body, because the brain is someone else's like vortex in there that has their own memories, own way of talking, own you know whatever it is, mannerisms and all that shit. So this outside party scene is a long fucking scene. It's like thirty minutes of the fucking film, and we no, cut into it's a, not that. It's like it's like ten minutes. It's dude, like ten no, or but twenty minutes. We cut minutes into tops. like two, three different scenes in between that, you know. So anyway, so you know, he Do goes, you? yeah, because he goes back to check his phone on the charger. It was unhooked. All right, we got, we got to talk about the Georgina scene, but go, go ahead with what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, so, you know, when he comes back out, you know, now he has his phone. So he takes a picture just because he's like, man, man I know this guy from somewhere. He wants to, you know, share with some of his friends, and he forgets the fucking flashes on. And I guess it does some kind of, like, a neurological thing to the the original person inside the body kind of comes out to the front at that point. They, because, keep, because, they keep your brain... Your brain still with your nerve, yeah. your nerve system att- yeah, exactly. attached. Yes, but yeah. everything else is replaced. Yeah, yeah. But so, so there's a piece of you still left in your exactly. in your body. Yeah, and that and that's where Get Out comes from. And so this guy like starts coming at him like you think he's about to punch him. You're like, oh fuck! The only yeah. thanks director, the only two black people <laughs> at a white party are about to fight. And like this guy Way comes go, charging guys. at him, and, and he's like, get out, get out! And he's like, it's more of a warning. You know, and then the mom comes in and just I got fucking that on the like first mm, mm, hypnotizes the motherfucker, takes him into her room. He comes out and it's like, ta ta, sorry guys, you're gonna miss my wits for the night. Dude, I loved that. That's when I knew she was hypnotizing people. And in this point of the movie, I thought that uh, Kathleen Kinner's character was just going through and and making everybody yeah. that was black or more white. Yeah. Not knowing the real 100% sinister deed of no, what yeah, they're doing. She, she's like the mind control person. She's like the control, like the checks and balances person, you know, to yes. make sure that the surgery went well and all that stuff. We didn't talk about uh, where's my stapler guy at, at the party the, now. My, my, they, 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 they took my stapler. Look, I, it, I, look I, this I, connection I, to, we were talking about on Blade Runner episode, the man in the high castle. Yeah, he's he's in Man in the High Castle. I know, man. He is, he is in Man in the High Castle. He's the I man know. in the High Castle. Man, dude, this guy, um, he's one of those. He's like fucking Ray Liotta before Ray Liotta did Goodfellas. He's that guy that everyone goes, yeah, it's that guy that was in these like fucking million films, but we can't remember his name or like uh, James. Isn't it Stephen Root or Stephen Root? Oh, I don't fucking know. I again, I know him as that guy that they took my Stabler guy. Yeah, it's Stephen Root. Stephen Root. All right. Well, yeah, th- news. Was it? Uh, what's that? Phil Hartman show? Uh, new, news talk radio or? Uh, I don't know, man. He he's in a lot of shit, and he's a really good versatile actor. It's one of those guys when you see him, you go, "I know who this guy is." You know? 
this guy is a blind art guy that apparently looked up Chris and gave him compliments on his uh photography even though he's blind he's like i have my way my own way of seeing yeah well, like he has he's an art dealer that has his uh, assistant just describe the art yeah the in fo- detail in the, right yeah, in the photographs to him yeah i know but i'm like that's kind of creepy cool. though so what makes you because you're not like uncle jimmy of this fucking girl you're just a distant family friend like how the fuck do you know so much about Chris? And that's when I started going, there's something sinister going on here. Like, I've been waiting for what's the sinister thing going on here. You know, because we got a couple of jump scares. We got the really cool scene of the hypnotism. Yeah. But this is the real sinister part where your brain starts going, how the fuck did this guy know who Chris is? Why does he have a dossier on him? Why has he researched him? It's fucking weird. Why? And you later find out that he wanted Chris for his abilities and his body and his eyes. Yeah, that's that's the thing I really like. It's not he's not killing him because he's black and he wants like harm to come to black no. people. He, look, he he want he wants Chris because he sees talent and potential in him. Yeah, and he wants that for himself. Yeah, and I dick with six pack. <laughs> I, I I love that. I love that it's not a. It's purposeful. The, yeah. the reason for, for it's not for putting someone through that misery is for a purpose for them. Yeah, it's it's completely yeah. self. It's a self centered goal. There is no racial uh, motive in these killings. Well, it, it is in a way white privilege because black people can't do that to white people. I don't know if they, if there were some black people that lived in this neighborhood or yeah, that had that's enough true. money yeah. for this auction. I don't know. Maybe they could. Can we please talk about that fucking auction scene? So right, so yeah. they leave. Chris feels bad. Goes outside. He's uncomfortable. Tells his girlfriend he's uncomfortable. She says we're t- we're going on a walk, and they she takes him away from everyone, and they go on a walk by the river somewhere. Because it's a big fucking estate. It's by the lake. Sorry. Oh yeah, I yeah. love that. And that scene was great because. Man, she was like very loving, and you can see their good relationship. And he opens up to her about the mom, where he feels guilty inside about his mom. Well, I mean, she she didn't know that before. She starts the conversation where she's like, "You're gonna leave." Yeah, you're gonna and leave gets, me here. She gets pissed at him. I know, I know, but but the way what I'm saying is, they're not she, like you know, fuck you asshole, fuck you bitch, let's get into a fight. No, they're like no, but she comes around. She understands. I know, that's what I'm saying. You're confirming what I'm saying. Like, no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. There's such. I'm good, not arguing with you. Oh, okay, good. Well, I, <laughs> see, this is how they would have fought if they didn't love each other. <laughs> oh, you don't respect what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, man, they're very loving about it, and then it cuts from that to this fucking like. God awful, like, if Time Machine exists, that's where you'd want to go back and kill some people. Fucking auction where her dad is ho- her dad is standing under the same gazebo that he told the guy, if I could have voted for Barack Obama the third time, I would have. And he's, like, literally standing in the same exact spot with, under the gazebo. With a giant picture, just like they have it at, at yeah, funerals. Yeah, no, no. Well, well not just that. It's a On giant, an easel. No, it's just giant. Like, if you go to a really fancy auction of a really expensive item, they don't put out the item up oh, there. That's they true. They put a picture of the fucking item. That's that's true, but it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 got, it's got funeral yeah, yeah, imagery as well, too. kind of stuff in there. Yeah, like but they're that. under this gazebo. There's all these white people in these, like, quicker chairs sitting out on the lawn. And they all have fucking bingo cards. Why? It's right. just weird. Well, the and second time I was with the bingos, 
times. The second time I was watching, I was trying to figure out how they were bidding with yeah. the bingo cards. I didn't. I, I didn't still, get it. I still don't get it. I know I they're bingo either. cards, but I still don't get it. So, anyways. Well, I don't. I, I, I would love to know, like, the higher amount. Like, I was just. Hey, dude, I'm they're sure. They're so quick. I'm, I'm, I'm I sure. Just didn't I'm get sure it. six months from now, someone's going to have a list for all that shit. <laughs> I mean, this film is so, so new right now that a lot of information we still don't have on it I, yeah I, I would love to pause it when i when I get on blu-ray i'm gonna pause it yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna see it with the bingo cards i know man it's just it was so creepy how they did it. It, it and it was a silent auction and the dad is just sitting there going one finger two finger you there three fingers and he does a full 10 and then it cuts to you know stapler guy uh, with his bingo card, and he's like smiling, you know, and he's got the full-on glass eyes, you know, where you know he's totally blind. Yeah, how did he? Just... How did he know he won that auction? He's blind, and it's a silent auction. Don't fucking ask me, man. <laughs> Suspension of this fucking belief. His assistant tapped him on the shoulder or something. I don't fucking know. That's what because it, it was a silent exactly. auction. That's but he, that's he what makes it really funny too. It's like. It's a solid auction, and he's blind. And the blind guy fucking wins it. <laughs> and uh, he he won the the black guy with eyes. Yeah, yes. that's great. Him and the girlfriend come back from the side of the lake, and she's like, "Hold on a keys? second, yeah, I'm gonna go find the keys really quick." And she leaves the room, and he sees he's standing there like he's almost done packing everything. Zips up his bag, and looks to the right, and he sees a small door closet open, like a closet door open, a small one. So he slowly walks over there, opens up a shoebox, <laughs> and like sees a plethora of pictures of his current girlfriend with a shit ton of different black guys. You and, know, and as, one of them is and the one of them is, is the groundskeeper, who's yeah. actually her grandpa. You know, because yes. they found her grandpa, the runner, an actual black guy, you know, body that can run. Yeah, so and that Georgina, was the, full the maid is uh, is the ma is the grandma. Oh yeah, dude, we didn't even talk about that. No, 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 no scene. That's, so That's the second best scene in the movie, but dude. That was a fucking creepy ass motherfucking scene. Very few lines are spoken in that scene. All in the eyes and well, yeah, it's all in the eyes, you, but you, they just hold her shot. For so fucking I know. long, and you know what? I really and let her play. I really think that she gave it's them weird. more as an actress than what they've written. And Jordan Peele was a smart enough director to let it play because it's it's, it's exactly what you said. You know, you're right. <clears throat> you can't write that. I write movies. There's no way on earth I can fucking sit there and write what what kind of stuff. All I can write is in this scene, the the inner Georgina would be trying to come out. And that's it. That's all I can write. And the actress brings that fucking to life. And that girl really brought it to life, man. You can see her, like, talking to him and fighting, like, the two different things in her head of who she is, who she, sorry, who she was and who she is currently and how even though, I mean, I kind of also felt like even though she's their grandma, they still kind of treated her like a fucking slave. I mean... Or a maid, because she was like making drinks for him, pouring her drinks for him, and and when she spilled it, they would get on her. But like, I, I should go take a nap. I think she was the I think she was the last patient. Um, after the guy they kidnapped in the beginning, I think she she was the one before him. Yeah, because, because she still feels like she's getting you know adjusted, whereas the groundskeeper, yeah, is the already grandpa, adjusted. Yeah, yeah, but, he but seems I, like he's more on yeah. board. Yeah. So, anyways, that scene was just fucking brilliant. Basically, she comes into the room to apologize for telling Chris that hey, you thought you, I he tampered with your phone, phone yeah. but I did not tamper with your phone or unplug it. And he's like, no, it's okay. And this guy's demeanor, man, the the the, the actor, you know, Daniel, the the guy that plays Chris. 
He's so good with that shit, man. Like the way he delivers his lines are just it's just incredible. No, dude, the line he delivers right before she starts that, no, crying no, 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 and, no, yeah. and and wiping away her tears. He's like, I get I get kind of nervous around a lot of white people. There is that really long, awkward pause yeah. in that section that is so the tension yeah. just she's builds like, and builds no, and builds. No, 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 no. Where then she just wipes away her tears where she's crying she's been crying yeah. after he says that. The Armitrids, yeah. or the Armitridge, or yeah. whatever the fucking family name yeah. is, like they take such good care of us. It's like that is some Stepford Wives it creepy is. ass shit it right is. there. It is, man. It is, and oh, and it's just so brilliant like, the way they captured it. And that's why, dude. Like, dude, I don't know how long this so podcast weird. is running right now, but this is a well deserved film of this time, man. It's so good. Anyway, so yeah, let's go back to. Uh, he wants to get the fuck out. Girlfriend says, "Okay, I'm here for you, baby. We'll get the fuck out." <laughs> They're going down the steps, and now the 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 brother, the mom, the dad are all waiting for him. She's like, "He's not feeling well. She's gonna go," and he's like yeah let's find let's find the keys so he finishes going through the steps towards the door and the brother like holds him off and she's like going through her keys and he starts yelling at her he's like where are the fucking keys god damn it woman yeah, put it, the fucking key in your pocket or in your hand don't put it in a purse with, you know like, now you're saying that yeah i did i didn't pick up on that joke I did, oh yeah that no totally, it was the big that dude, went over me because that was a three minute scene yeah and the entire three minutes she's trying to find her fucking keys if i'm gonna nitpick uh one more little teeny thing the only other thing I would nitpick is um, the TV. When he wakes back up, he's mm-hmm. in, he's in a room and he, yeah. he has the the blind he's tied man. up. He's tied up. Yeah, the blind man explains to him like exactly what the procedure well, dude, is going to be. Yeah, you got to set up the scene for them. He wakes up. He's tied up. Well, hopefully they've seen he, the he's fucking watching, movie, man. Well, you know, if they didn't, they're driving somewhere for the Easter break. That like that one guy <laughs> that got upset at you guys. Not oh my god, Brett for, Petersons. I'm yes. never gonna forget that fucking ass. Respect so him. He's probably driving on Easter again. Has not seen the film. Wants to know what it's about. So we wake up. Our our character Chris is tied to a chair. You know, with leather bounds. Pick on the little sides of it, you know, the leather of it. In front of him is an old Magnavox, like, Is you know. it the same chair that he was in in the office? No, if no, he... it's a similar chair, but oh, it's, it's not similar... the same one. Oh, okay. yeah. it, it and then in front of him is, uh, you know, a, it's a console TV, like an old tube Magnavox kind of a console. Dude, it is exact. My grandfather had a Magnavox just like that yeah. in the fucking uh, I, I late have, 90s. Well, I actually have that in my house. Yeah, it's yeah. like the... I, I bought a 1960s one and refurbished it myself. Yeah, it, the well. old cabinet thing yeah, where it's like it's the be awesome. as a piece of furniture. I as know, well. I know, right? <sighs> those and days are those, gone. I know, but uh, anyways, I don't want to watch uh, 480 fucking scan lines. Anyways, uh, <laughs> fuck the old days. Anyways, well, I mean, it's just it's really just exposition that's laid down um, f- from Stephen Root's character, where he's just like, "I want your eyes." This is yeah, how the, the pers- yeah boy, boy. This is how the procedure works. It's like, look, this is a great honor to you. I picked your body out of all the bodies in the world. Kind of a message. He's really, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's like a great. I, I, I do feel like. Well, he's no like, shit. Uh, this is a heinous fucking thing. But the guy is, I think. Well, no, I feel like he recognizes what he's doing is terrible. He doesn't give a fuck because he's self-centered. It felt like, hey, I admire your eyes so much that, I, that it's I, an that honor for you, for me to take them. Yeah, and so Chris <laughs> it's so fucked yeah, up. Yeah, it is, dude. It's fucked up as fuck. And so, like, then the TV goes off, and Chris, like, is about to fight it. He's trying to, like, bite out of his bounds, like, the bondage stuff that he's in. And then the TV comes on again, and it's like the little spoon, and it goes. Now, 
I, goes to black again, which was awesome. That's my favorite, but that's my favorite joke in the entire film. The chairs, oh. the armrests that he's been scratching on the entire time. Yeah. He takes the cotton out yeah. and he puts the cotton in his ears yeah. so he doesn't hear the, the, spoon, the spoon clicking the teacup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How I many mean, years have African Americans yeah. been picking cotton and in America in the South? Yeah, right. And that's what saves this man. I know, I know. It's it's. I'm not sure if that was intentional. I or no if that no, was, dude. That is irony yeah. of all irony. It is. It is. It is. It is ironical. Alanis Morissette is going to chime in yeah, right now. And yeah, isn't that ironic? It is. It's like <laughs> I mean, it's, it is. It's it's ridiculous. But no, the no. punchline kills me, dude. Like, when he takes that out, I was like, what the fuck? It's fucking cotton. Oh, my God. I what know, the fuck? I know. I know. So, like, Floored. by the way, if you're in the audience member, when he is picking on it and that tea thing comes, they cut to him and then they cut to black. You never actually see him put the cotton in his in his ears. Yeah, right? it is It is a surprise. So, so, and it's a good surprise. It's one of those, like, what can our hero do with practical things around him that's believable to escape the shitty situation they're in? Yes. And that's such a, like, a John Carpenter, uh, even fucking, dare I say, like, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead uh, little kind of trick, you know, of, like, let's give this person something practical and believable within the household items that they have access to to yeah. be able to free themselves from all this misery that they're about to experience. But Because when the camera comes back on, it's the brother trying to come in Fucking lo and behold, Chris is fucking awake, and he was not hypnotized, and he's gonna fuck you up. When you get into this third act, yeah. like how everybody dies, there's always some kind of callback yeah. or uh, recognition to an earlier scene that ties in, yeah, uh, to somebody's death. Like when he goes and he kills the dad later, what is he doing? He's taking antlers from a deer horn, mm-hmm. right? Uh, from a stuffed dead deer head. meat. Yeah, well, not, stuff dead meat. Not only that, it's a head, right? So the brain's been carved out like the doctor has, and yeah. just like the deer that hit him in the movie, horns go yeah, in yeah. the guy in the jugulars, antlers, man. I guess I should the say the antlers into the jugulars just fucking kills the shit out of the dad. It's so layered, and, man. and even the way they shot it, it was such a like a horror, like a Chucky thing. You know, he looks to the right, he hears a voice, you know, like a noise, and he comes out of his makeshift operation room. And he hears, a, he hears a loud noise, so he steps out, and it's like the totally Chucky moment, you know? He looks to the right, down an empty hallway, there's nothing there, turns around, fucking jamming some antlers into his jugular, man. It was awesome. And you know what? You only saw splashes of blood on the wall. You didn't see a lot of gore, and that's something I respected with him about this. I think maybe he did an informed decision of not showing extra gory, like, in, you know, like... um. Uh, like Hostel or whatever it is, because yeah, you know, yeah, Hostel is not really a horror film; it's just a gore film. But people call it horror film, and I think maybe that was no, a Hostel's decision a they did. Film. It's not; it didn't fucking scare me. Well, I mean, horror doesn't have to scare you; it just needs to be horrifying. But that's not horrifying. Being tortured to death is not horrifying. No, I guess I grew up in the Middle East. So. <laughs> It's like fucking right. daily occurrence uh, over okay. there. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, you know, we we go outside, we eat, we breathe air, we yeah. get tortured. You know, it yeah. happens. Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> what? It's not horrifying to me, no. What, really? Getting, no, tor- getting tortured alive no, is not I mean, horrifying to, to you? To me, horror films, the, the the definition of a horror film, it should scare the bleep, fucking living bejesus out of you. You being a person that has enough money to fucking go to Europe and fucking you end up in a hostel and some guys kidnap you and you just get tortured because... You but, fucked the wrong hold, person. Hold, 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 That's on you, bro. I mean, how many? How many um, but how many of those '80s slashers? I mean, outside of the classics and the one every, the ones that everybody knows. How many? How many of the '80s slashers are actually scary? 
Like, man, I mean, like, it, I don't know, man. Some of them have like those jump scares. You but know? I mean, like, they're mostly just there for the cool inventive tit- gore and no, it's tits, ass, a lot of scare, and, and then they and give you gore. five minutes of gore. No, no, five minutes of gore. It's not fucking Eli Roth. I'm gonna give you gore throughout the fucking all ninety minutes. But that's what I'm saying. But it exists to again, facilitate again, this those guy. Kills. This guy doing an '80s fucking homage, man. He did it only in the last five minutes of the film. Like even when the deer got hit, you didn't see a shit ton of blood fucking blasted. You only saw a little bit of blood on a wide shot in the um, on the passenger side's uh, uh, headlight. But that's what I'm saying. Like it was cool when he ki- when when well, yeah, so when Chris I went off on upon the killings. It was more about Chris's revenge and getting out. Rather than the gore of it, and I loved that part of it. So let's let's get to my favorite kill scene. Oh, go ahead. I I want to know what your favorite kill scene is now. My, oh, dude, when he kills the mom, because that lady put so much agony in him because she reminded him and brought up all these like deep feelings of like even remembering what the room smelled like when he fucking forgot about his mom, and and she's standing there. Yeah. Apparently, she didn't hear something or any of the noises he's been making. Well, they were down in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever and the makeshift he, he looks laboratory, at her and she looks at him. She doesn't say a fucking word. He doesn't say a fucking word. But they look at the spoon. They look at the fucking the spoon, and he <laughs> runs right to it and like fucking kicks it in and like breaks it. And she charges at him with like a little like um, a golden knife, like a like it's a letter opener. Letter opener, yeah. yeah. And it goes right in his hand, and he's like, he doesn't scream or anything because. He's like, no, because he's so pissed at that point, he does not give well, a fuck. Yeah, but then also survival tactic. If someone else is around the house that's not hearing us so far, if I scream, they'll hear us. So maybe this will buy me more time. He does yeah. not. Yeah, he does not scream. Overpowers this lady and like gets her down on her knees and gets the fucking. He turns his hand over and like jams the thing in her eye. But this is again what I love about it. They did not show you a close up of that thing hitting her eye. They just cut to a medium wide. Of him and her falling, and you just see him there standing, and he looks at his hand with the letter opener, and it's like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it just it just cuts, and it's, you know, letter opener's coming. It's, it's okay. Yeah, man, that yeah, that was awesome. And then- my my favorite kill was uh was was Georgina. Oh yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When yeah. Georgina comes so, back, so, yeah, he finally ma- makes it out the house, right? Yeah, and, and he gets, gets in, in the, the car, little Porsche from the beginning of the film, sees. Fucking See, hits the bitch. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, but no, no. For, first, I, I, I love this part. He um, he sees a fucking helmet. Yeah. Right, and then you go, oh, okay. Well, the brother, I guess, was the one that kidnapped Lakeith from the beginning of the film. You know. Yeah, because that's the brother's car. Yeah. That he ends up taking. Yeah, a really fucking nice Porsche. So yeah, so he gets in that fucking awesome Porsche. He's driving, and then what, Grandma? That's your favorite scene. You got to talk about that kill. I don't really like. It's not. It's not so much the kill. It's the fact that when he hits her. He can get away at this moment in the movie. Like, all he has to do is keep driving and the movie would be over. Yep. But because of the deer in the beginning that reminds him of his mom, this woman also reminds him of his mom. There is still a little bit of the original person in this woman, and he does not want to leave her Oh my god! Fucking loved it. Yeah, she ends up doing this whole like you know I'm a woman thing, like fighting you in the fucking car. You ruined my life because of that. They veer off the road and they hit a tree. Well, obviously her head is straight in the fucking windshield. 
No, that that priest you car see. was already there. What's cool is they didn't they they didn't show you those priest cars before the surgical scars. No, I yeah, I like that because yeah. they they do that hint uh, earlier in the movie where he's like, um, the main character Chris is going to take a picture, maybe of the grandma, and then yeah. she's always looking in the mirror, yeah, like when she's, she's going out and smoking sure. the cigarette. Yeah, yeah, she's always you making don't know sure why. that line is not showing. Yeah, and then when she has the the wreck, you see her wig go up, and yeah. you, they reveal the scar, and you're yeah. like, oh, well, it's because of the brain surgery. Exactly. That's why she's constantly so vain about her hair. Yeah, and exactly. And that, that's all why the, the grandpa's wearing the cap the entire time. Yeah, this, oh, all the layers here, oh, man. dude, they I know. Come together at the end of this movie. I know it's fucking beautiful. Well, okay, wait, wait. So, so they hit they they hit the tree. She dies. He gets out, and all of a sudden now, you know, because we talked about the the girlfriend is trying to find the next black boyfriend, and she's doing the NCAA best seating. You know, apparently the fire that got started in the house, she did not smell it. That's my only pet peeve in the film. And she's sitting in her, on her. See, I don't think that's a pet peeve because she's got the headphones on. Bitch, you don't need to fucking hear no, the but, smell. But you I mean, smell the, the fire. But you the don't fi- hear it. The fire. <laughs> the fire's in the basement, and I just assume that her bedroom is on the top floor. Doesn't fucking matter, man. You can smell smoke, but then not to mention she's drinking milk and no, eating she, Cheerios like a look like a little. Girl. No, they're Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> I know it's fucking weird, man. Like a little girl. Anyway, so so she hears something, you know, with so the car. Weird. When 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 he hits Georgina, that's what she hears. She takes out the stuff. She yes. comes out with the rifle. Anyways, we fast forward. He whole sh- confrontation scene. Whole confrontation scene. It's him and her, and she's trying to basically justify what's going on. And then Grandpa comes up, and Grandpa tackles the shit out of him. And and they bring back. And they Their checkoff gun, the fucking the flash, the flash man takes out that flash, flashes to grandpa. Grandpa remembers who he is, and then I guess I guess the girlfriend didn't realize that consequences of what the flashes do to the people's brain aneurysm. I guess when they get it, yeah, it, well, you it, know because it does she, kind of set it up that yeah. first time it happens to that one guy at the party that that may have been yeah, the first but, time. But she, I don't I don't think she understood it as well as her mom understood it. And her mom's hey, unfortunately yes, dead. I so agree. this girl is like, okay, so my boyfriend just got tackled by my black grandpa. Oh no, no I love it when she goes, go get him, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> She's like getting the drop on Chris. And then, like, Grandpa stands up, and now he's flashed, and, and he's like, I'll do it. And she's like, okay, I don't want to get my hands dirty. He gives him the fucking rifle or the shotgun, and he just turns to her and goes, Pew! fucking takes her out, puts it to his fucking head, and just goes, takes himself out, and I loved it. It's This is bullshit. I don't want this, but I don't want her to do it to anyone else. I'm going to kill her and kill myself because no one's going to believe my fucking story. The moment after that... At, at that part of the movie, that's, I think that's where this ending goes from this is a good movie to a great film. Yes. Where the movie was going to end was Chris was going was gonna to choke his girlfriend, kill her, the cops were going to show up, he was going to be arrested, and the movie would have ended. I think that would have been extremely, not only predictable, but it would have been, been a little bit hollow in terms of what the movie is actually about. It, it would not have been as good of a payoff. When he's choking her, she does this really weird, weird smile. smile. I don't, I, Dude, I read I don't it, know. I don't know. I read it as like, look what I've made you become. I've made you become the stereotypical black man that the media I, think you are, and you're going to kill a white woman, and you're fucked. And when the cop shows up, that's the first thing that went through my head is like, 
Oh my god. Yeah, you see, I think you're a better filmmaker than me. You're you're fucked, bro. I, I did not think about any of that at all. I just think she was like not having a good night that night as an actual actress in real life <laughs> and she couldn't fucking hold it back. So every take they got with her, she was laughing while he was choking her. <laughs> oh man, I, it wasn't I, really choking choking her. Her face didn't like in real life, like that was my other pet peeve. I'm like, dude, you had four and a half million dollars. You could have made her look like her face was getting really red from getting choked. She stopped smiling though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She does. When, she does. Yeah. When when he lets go of her, yeah, it's like, yeah, at that like, moment, yeah. she kind of she kind of loses a little bit. I know, I know. I think she felt defeated at that moment. Like that, that's her final defeat. Like, oh, he didn't kill me and and get in trouble the way I thought it would go. Yeah, and then the cop shows up, and it's just, man, yeah. it is, it's such a but moment. I, I love that part, too, because the cop shows up, and you're so in, t- in anticipation. <laughs> you're like, holy shit. And then you see the fucking, like, you know, this is the, going the so flashing bad. blue and red lights going on. Yeah. I'm like, this looks so bad. And then, like, he stands up, and he looks over, and then the door opens. And I love this, too, because he didn't even cut to a close-up of inside the car. <laughs> yeah, or I know, right? The door opens, and it says, airport on it and it's his tsa buddy <laughs> that yeah. thinks he was sold into sex slavery <laughs> and he's like how did you find me he's like i'm with the tsa we handle shit and that's it the film ends that way you know and like i mean okay there was one more shot and you can see chris in the in the car looking at the what happened all the bloodbath basically and as the car reverses but I just, it was such a fucking good ending, man. Because that's it. You don't need to say anymore. Your buddy came and saved you. You know, he gave you he gave you the <laughs> I told you so. You want to say all those things to the main character. Yeah. He does. Yeah. I mean, he's what LeBron done. James should have been in Trainwreck. <laughs> I, you know, I, I you have not I, seen that? I though? have not seen Oh, uh, man. You're a sexist. See, no, dude, I, you, I'm just you I'm don't bad get, on comedies, man. You're either racist or you're sexist. You're not going to get a break, bro. <laughs> Hey, you want to vote for Obama third time if you could have? <laughs> but yeah, man, overall, this is a badass, well-crafted, um, excellent, like, dare I say, like, Kubrick effort of a freshman fucking director, man. Uh, fucking really, amazing. Re- Kubrick comes comes to mind? A band like Shining, yeah. I don't know, man. The the, the, the filmmaker that comes to mind for me is uh, is Toby Hooper with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, but, but that... that to me, that's a little more grungy and not as layered and subtle as this one. This is like, it's got a lot of subtle layers, like explaining plots by props. That's like Kubrick level shit, man. That's like really someone on top of their game already. Man, I don't know. I think you need to go back and watch Texas Chainsaw Ma- Massacre. I, I, I think yeah, you're that talking movie... about the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we're not talking about fucking Matthew McConaughey or Renee Zellweger remake, right? No, but I I don't I don't entirely hate that <laughs> film either. I, I fucking I, hate that. Film, I man. I do not. You know what? Uh, it's not the best movie, but yeah. everybody tries really hard in that film. So. Yeah, I have too much. But anyways, yeah, I think w- I think it was a fucking brilliant effort, worth every dollar it made in the box office. I wish these guys can make more. Uh, I heard a rumor today that uh, Jordan Peele is gonna have four more semi horror. Um, action thrillers uh in in line and bloomhouse said that they're gonna produce and finance all four of them well they should i mean he made him enough money man dude no he he made him like fucking paranormal activity money granted budget well, was four and a half million dollars but still i mean no dude that's he's, paranormal activity he's money, gonna man, make right he's there. gonna make more than paranormal yeah i know activity. right i mean it's it's gonna be a lot more i mean uh, th- i think this film's already gross more than uh paranormal activity but no no, no. Par- paranormal like made one one fifty. 
plus all the VOD and all this other shit. No, uh, man, they, I don't think I don't think they ever cleared 150. Bloomhouse uh, did produce uh, Whiplash, so he's got the Oscar prestige nomination there. So. Oh, uh, Bloomhouse did Whiplash. Yeah, man, he invested in the short film and then he invested in the feature. Oh, I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, he got nominated for an Oscar. Dude, what a fucking Won brilliant producer. Hey, man, what a brilliant fucking producer, man. He's like, I'll do some really awesome horror films. I'll set up fucking franchises with some of the smartest motherfuckers doing fucking horror films. Like, James Wan, you want to do Insidious? You want to do Sinister? You want to do fucking, you know, uh, a Conjuring? And then we'll do Annabelle, and then we'll go and do this other franchise, and, and it's going to be like a horror action flick, and, you know, it's going to be called The Purge, and we'll get Ethan Hawke. We'll only pay him $500,000 and give him 10% on the back end, and then I'll go do fucking Whiplash. Wait, how, what the fuck? What's going on? Why did you just do that? That's awesome. Oh, yeah, I just kind of, like, want to get nominated for an Oscar. You know, no-brainer. It's all good. What a smart motherfucker, man. That's Him and A24 are the only two fucking companies in the media world currently, and I don't know for how long, and I hope it stays for a very long time. They make more money than any of the other fucking studio on the smallest of the budgets, you know, the Witch, one of your favorite fucking movies that just came out last year. That's A24. A24 yeah. Moonlight, A24. You know, Moonlight, Moonlight so good. And Moonlight was their first financing one. They financed that again for $5 million. Dude, look at all these $5 million films that give you just enough money to have the professional quality you need, but not too much to where you risk losing a shit ton of money. And you can diversify your investment that way because you can do 10 of those $5 million uh, movies, brilliant fucking guys, man. Uh, Bloomhouse, A24. I can't wait to sit, start seeing because you know A, A24 is a distributor. I can't wait to see A24 start distributing Bloomhouse fucking movies. Wahid, closing thoughts. F- final closing thoughts. Uh, amazing film. Go see it. Uh, the reason it's amazing is because it does a lot of good throwbacks to a lot of good movies, but then it's original. It holds its own. And it's really intriguing. It's a fucking thrill. And and I'll, I'll tell you what. I've went and saw it in theaters twice, and I rarely ever pay twice to see the same film in theaters. That's how much this film was awesome. Yeah, dude. I'll I'll have to echo that. Um, I don't know, man. It it made me feel like the first time when I was watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where or even Dawn of the Dead, where. Yes, I can enjoy it as a horror movie. There are plenty of things in the movie. Where I, I, I can relate to it, I can be scared, I'm entertained, but there is a a social, political message in this film, and it, it really doesn't take sides. No, it doesn't, and it's not far up its ass that you don't, you can't enjoy the film because of it. Yeah, it, it, it really does kind of, t- it, it takes shots kind of at, at everybody almost. Yeah, it does. You know, it like nobody is safe. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> from being made fun of uh, in this film. And I don't know, even even the main character does things that you're like, ah, no. And Well, he does some, like, you know, like, you know. He does l- dumb l- stuff. L- but- l- let me find the only other black guy at the party. Go talk to him. Like, that's kind of stereotypical. You yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. And even his friend with the art, uh, the the audience uh, surrogate who is yeah. just like, no, no, don't do that. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. Like- <laughs> don't become a sex slave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it, those great moments that carry through and elevate this film beyond just a uh, – I don't, I don't even know what you would call this. Uh, it's a not step- a. It's not a standard cliche Stepford 
wives for black people yeah, fucking movie. It's not. It's exa- not that. Exactly. It is not set for wives for no. African Americans. There is more in this movie than yeah, that. Yeah. It's not. It's 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 its own thing. People are going to be referencing this fucking film for fucking infinity. You know, I promise you that. Oh, you no, it, the, the Get Out will be studied in film class. Yeah, I know, dude. And at some point, you know, the fucking Waynes brothers are going to be like, oh, we're going to make a fucking Get Out scary, funny movie. Like, they'll, they'll do the same thing I, at some I, point. Really, I, I don't think you could do that for this, though. I mean, th- this movie is already making fun of all those cliches. I know. Dude, but those guys are brilliant. They'll, they'll, they'll find a way, man. Um, <laughs> All right, so you guys have been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. That's going to wrap it up for our discussion of Get Out. Uh, If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew, crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end, guys, at gmail.com. If you guys could please give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher, we surely appreciate that. Yeah, 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 stop, stop. You better fucking right now, if you're raking your leaves like I do while you listen to this podcast... (laughs) Stop. Give it a five star. All right. Let's get this podcast going for everyone else to hear it. All right. Sorry. Back to you, Brian. <laughs> we would surely appreciate that. Uh, Wahid, where can people follow you, sir? Uh, all social media at WA Films or WAFilms.com. So. There you go. Look, you can follow this guy's work on that. He's got uh, trailers and all that good stuff uh, for all the things he's working on on his website. Got some lesbian loving movie cults corned. Go check it out. There you. Hey, look. No other reason to check it out than that right there. Yeah. Lesbian lover done. <laughs> and if you guys want, uh, you can check out our film Girl in Woods. It's on iTunes, uh, so you can rent it, buy it. Please do so. And like always, we are going to close out the show with a little bit of the soundtrack. We're going to play the main titles from Get Out, composed by Michael Abels. All right, guys, enjoy. Enjoy.